If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, greetings! You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you from the interweb, no matter where you may be listening, in this beautiful, but sometimes crazy world, we all share. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Hello, folks. It's um, episode number 278, Your Money. I don't remember giving Biden access to our checkbooks. Do you? <clears throat> what I'm going to talk about today, folks, is a different take on the corporate news feed about the so-called war between the Israelis and Palestinian Arabs, which I also discussed in previous episodes 273 and 274. What this episode is about specifically is the financial impact this smoke and mirrors deception is going to have on most working Americans. Now, before we go on, I just wanted to give you this brief historical fact. In January of 1835, President Andrew Jackson did what no previous president had done before or since. He completely paid off our national federal debt and also had a balanced budget. The current national federal debt, by the way, is around 20 trillion with no end in sight. So let me ask you this. Don't you find it the least bit contradictory? That's my nice way of saying total bullshit. But with all the very serious domestic problems that we have here in the U.S. and have had for a very long time, that Biden has to physically fly over Israel, of course, at taxpayers' expense, and Air Force One ain't cheap to run, baby. 140 to 190 thousand dollars per flight hour, just to wrap his arms firmly around Benjamin Netanyahu, and reaffirm his love bromance to the tune of $14 billion in aid to Israel, which is on top of our annual commitment of $4 billion to Israel. And all this was done in a matter of days. Days, people. Fucking days. Yet the growing hordes of homeless, some because of drugs, mental illness, or just plain damn bad luck, have received relatively little, if anything, to get and keep their ass off the street. And this has been going on for years, as I'm sure most of you know. Biden basically acted like a pimp's bitch. It wasn't enough to give the bullying fascist leader of a failed state, our money. No. 
<laughs> Biden had to do it in person just to add more insult to injury to the American people. I truly believe at that moment when Biden was embracing him, that Biden would have went down on his knees and sucked Netanyahu's cock if Benjamin would have asked him to do so nicely. You see, it's one thing when you have a failed state, which is exactly what Israel is. Because without major assistance from the U.S., military hardware, software, technical assistance, and of course, billions of dollars, not to mention the aid it gets from other countries as well, the justifiably angry Arabs would invade and conquer Israel in very short order. But this is nothing new. It's been that way practically ever since its inception in 1948. And as I explained previously, that will never change because their state was stolen from the Arabs. It is not legitimate. And the Arabs have never forgotten what was taken from them, and they never will. My point is that the current state of Israel is in real terms absolutely nothing but a gigantic dysfunctional money pit. No amount of money or resources you throw into it will have the desired result of long-term peace and stability. And this is especially the case when all of those surrounding you, in this case Arabs, will never recognize the state of Israel. And that is something that's really not going to change either. Yet we, the American people, are forced to pay for this dysfunctional shitstorm because a corporate-controlled semi-consigent empty suit thinks it's a good idea. I'm saying everything that I've said so far to hopefully clearly explain two major points. First, it's really stupid, not to mention criminal, to be throwing U.S. taxpayers' money around when, in real terms, the American people will have absolutely nothing to show for it. And second, it's doubly stupid when your taxpayer's money is being spent on a situation that will never get resolved. As I said before, this is a bottomless money pit that will never have an end. Now let's move on to the next big problem Biden's theft causes a crisis here in the U.S. Remember, when I was talking about Andrew Jackson earlier, so right now we're about $20 trillion in debt. And apparently, we just added another $18 billion total to Israel. Damn. Our government, <laughs> our government, our government must have some deep pockets. Where the hell is all this money coming from? The short answer is it's coming from you. 
They just never seem to go into explaining that. From the corporate news media, so I'm going to explain it to you now. I realize I risk being accused by specialists and scholars of being non-technical and oversimplified. It won't be the first time, and certainly not the last. But it doesn't bother me in the least, because I know that these kinds of objections come from people who believe that wind chimes are a musical instrument, and just because they have them on their porch or apartment balcony, it automatically makes them a fucking musician. The government has its own personal printing press for printing money. It's called the Fed, which is short for Federal Reserve. But it's important that you know that the Federal Reserve is in no way federal. It is not a government agency. It is a private company that apparently cleverly chose that name to deliberately confuse the average citizen. But they are in no way any part of the government. They are a separate private business that loans and produces physical and non-physical money on demand for the U.S. government for a fee. Remember, nothing is free. So we have a huge debt to the Federal Reserve. So what happens in turn is every time the government decides to borrow more money from the Fed, the value of the overall money supply drops. This in turn causes another chain reaction. Generally speaking, prices for goods and services start going up, while the buying power of your money keeps going down. This is why, if you're one of the majority of Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck each month, that paycheck basically becomes smaller and smaller because its purchasing power keeps going down. Now, this does not, however, very much affect the rich, but I suppose it might be helpful if I told you what I considered to be rich, just some kind of, you know, rough guide, so we are on the same page, so to speak. Of course, there are some very poor places to live in America, as well as some ridiculously expensive places that are meant for the very rich. But we have to have some kind of idea, so I'm just going to say if you're a couple with no kids and you're sensible with your money, not blowing, you know, not blowing it away on gambling, expensive cars, jewelry, and doing world travel every other week, I'm calling 100 to 200K a year rich. And at that income, you really shouldn't be having lack of money-related issues in your life. So now that I've given you some parameters for how I'm defining rich, I want to tell everyone else who is not rich, and that certainly includes yours truly, <laughs> 
that everything I explained about the Fed and the dollar losing its buying power uh, doesn't really affect the rich. So as a consequence, they really don't give a shit. They're doing fine. <laughs> the very wealthy corporate type may be forced to occasionally do some PR work. If you're a Democrat, you're supposed to be the working man's friend. So they babble about possibly helping with this or babble about trying to do something about that. But the truth is, Democrat or Republican, they are all corrupt to one degree or another. Pardon me, but I'd like to take a moment for just a brief message. Most people in this world have to do something to live. Some people sing for their supper, others dance. Except for politicians, they don't do much of anything. But I believe I do something. I try to give you something you can use. Information and entertainment, and it's commercial free. So if you think that has value, please click on the Ko-Fi link in the description below. And maybe buy me a coffee or whatever you can give. It keeps the lights on and is sincerely appreciated. Besides, anything I tell you definitely has more value than a politician. And you sure as hell don't want to see me dance. They, being politicians after all, are very good at talking the talk. But virtually none of them walk the walk. So is there a solution to this conflict? Yes. It may seem radical, but it's the only solution I see that is feasible. Israel needs to purchase the area they currently occupy from the Palestinians. They would actually own the area that they uh, well that they currently occupy and then legitimately have a state. They would also have to recognize the Palestinian territory as a state and cease all military presence and activity in the Palestinian state and cease micromanaging that area and allow the Palestinians free autonomy to do as they please. As a consequence of this, the Palestinian Arabs agree and commit to end any and all hostilities towards Israel and recognize Israel at that point as a sovereign state. Now, of course, due to the long history of tit-for-tat arguments and disputes between the two, this transition could at times be a bit difficult because it comes down to an issue of trust. But with enough time, I feel as though this is an arrangement that could certainly work. As a matter of fact, it's the only arrangement I can see at this time that could work. I'm going to wrap this up now, but I'll just say as far as Biden is concerned, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty damn sore to him. And if I could tell him anything, I'd say, Mr. President, Good fences make good neighbors. You should take care of the problems in your own home. 
in your own backyard before you go meddling in somebody else's. Until next time, this is Ernest. Thanks for listening. Wishing you health, wealth, and good luck.